Are you ready? Jamie Markley, David Van Camp, and Scott Robbins. We just become best friends. Yep. Making sense of it all. Now I get it. And having some fun. Lighten up, Francis. This is the Markley, Van Camp, and Robbins Show. The Markley, Van Camp, and Robbins Show. Thank you so much for being here. Jamie Markley, David Van Camp, Scott Robbins. I'm looking up at the Fox News monitor right now. Yeah. Sanibel Island in Florida. Oh, my goodness. My goodness. It's just devastation. Yeah. Fort Myers. It looks like a bomb went off. Yeah. Holy cow. Well, that storm surge that came in there. I didn't know if you guys happened to see any of the time-lapse video of when the storm started to then what it looked like eight hours later, where it's you know just a regular street, and all of a sudden it... It comes in, and it's flooded everywhere. Wow. And, of course, last night with the winds and everything else, emergency crews couldn't get to people, and we're just hoping that the death count is not high. Who knows? Yeah, the, the sheriff of Lee County was saying in the hundreds, although hopefully, again, he he's wrong about that, hopefully. Yeah. Uh, enough people got out or found someplace safe to be. And, the you know, the immediate danger oftentimes is not – when the storm is making landfall, but it's afterward when you go out and they're down power lines. You know, if you're walking through floodwaters, that's not water. That's a lot of times that's a lot of sewage that's involved mm-hmm. in that. Um, so, yeah, I mean, this is where you sort of get the after effects that can oftentimes be more deadly than the storm itself. And they're saying that Ian, as it's making its way across Florida, uh, is reintensifying and potentially will uh, grow again. Uh, before hitting South Carolina. Oh, my goodness. Well, we're just going to be keeping an eye on that and, you know, hoping and praying for the best of a tragic situation. Yeah. And, I mean, there's going to be a lot talked about when the warnings came in to people. And I don't know if you call it a false sense of security, if you lived in a certain area for a long time. And have thought, well, I've seen these storms come in before. Yeah. You know, we'll ride it out. We'll be okay. Mm-hmm. But then you get the one that you're not expecting. And, you know, I understand it. Both sides want to get out of there. Or if you've been there for years and years and years, yeah. you say, well, I've seen it before. Oftentimes that happens with tornado warnings in other yeah. parts of the country where, well, I've seen a million tornado warnings. Okay. It, we'll just ride this out until it comes right into your neighborhood. Yeah. And then everyone else can call you an idiot for not getting out of there. But you also understand how you could get that false sense of security, I guess. I mean, that's what happened to my dad in Hurricane Harvey in Houston. Oh, my gosh, that's where, right. You know, for, for years, you know, he'd, you know, his house had flooded a couple of times with other storms, with other heavy rain events, hurricanes. And he, he was not one to evacuate, never wanted to. Just kind of said, whatever, um, you know, we'll ride it out. Got to protect the house, yada, yada, yada. And when Harvey was coming in, I mean, it, it looked like that was going to be a serious storm. He thought he could ride it out, and then he wound up on his roof for several hours waiting for uh, the Coast Guard to come and get him and take him to the George R. Brown Convention Center downtown. So, I mean, you, you know, there are, I, I think you're right. There is, there is a tendency sometimes for people to get a little complacent, and sadly, uh, you know, fortunately my dad survived it, obviously, yes. still alive. Um, but it's it's tragic because a lot of people who think ah, this is just going to be another storm don't get out when they should have. Well, there's also the freak out factor from yeah. weather prognosticators. 
who, you know, I've heard this before. Yeah. Oh, when you're talking about yeah, I've heard I mean, this yeah, story before. Right. I mean, yeah. Is it, gonna, it's is like it hype? Tor- tornadoes yeah. in the Midwest and flooding. Right. You know, I mean, we've heard this before. Come on. Yeah. The thing is, I don't, I don't even want to say everybody or even most people. I can say for me personally, sometimes it's just uh, totally contradicting myself when I could say, why didn't you get out of there? While at the same time, understanding that if I had been there that many years, I probably would have done the same thing. Yeah. Right, because you're conditioned to think, yes. well, whatever. The worst that can happen is I get water in my basement or whatever, right? Right. Yeah. Um, well, Ron DeSantis, governor of Florida, obviously in the spotlight. And there's been, you know, so much of this has been political. I mean, early on with yeah. this hurricane. Well, the old death Santis is back again. Uh, okay. All right. So, well, he was on Tucker's show last night, David. Yeah, yeah he's giving an update on, on what the hurricane was doing and uh, what the rescue efforts were like as they get underway now. Um, and there had been this dust-up uh, over the last several days where, you know, the White House was saying, oh, yeah, Biden's not going to call uh, Ron DeSantis. And a bunch of people said, well, boy, that looks pretty petty on the part of President Biden, mm-hmm. that because of political differences, he's not interested in talking with the governor of the state that's getting nailed by a hurricane. And, and fortunately, someone got to Joe, and Joe did give give him a call, and, and they were just talking about what they needed, all the resources and all that. And I thought it was interesting uh, because uh, Tucker put him on a, like, teed it up for him to kind of go after Joe Biden, and mm-hmm. DeSantis really didn't take the bait on this. Yeah, I would agree with that. Given how politicized things are at the moment, are you confident you're going to get the federal support Florida needs? Hmm. So I actually spoke with the president, and he said he, he wants to be helpful. So we did submit a request for reimbursement for the next 60 days at 100 uh, percent. That's uh, significant uh, support. But it's a significant storm, so we haven't heard back from it. But I'm actually cautiously optimistic that we do. I mean, as you say, Tucker, we live in a very politicized time. But, you know, when people are fighting for their lives, when their whole livelihood is at stake, when they've lost everything, uh, if you can't put politics aside for that, uh, then you're just not going to be able to. So I'll work with anybody who wants to help the people of southwest Florida and throughout our state. Well done. Yeah. And he's thanked um, some Democrats. That have, you know, said, we're going to help you out with this. Yeah. Governors of different states. I think that's the right thing to do in the situation. Oh, sure. Now, speaking of Biden, um, I am sorry to inform Scott that, well, I know I said it was very possible. And I think, David, you echoed mm-hmm. that, you know, legacy media would ignore the story of Biden looking for a deceased person yesterday. Yeah. They absolutely did. Well, you were 100 percent right on that one. Yeah. I'll tell you that right now. Yeah. Holy cow! Yeah. I kept waiting and waiting. When's Lester Holt going to get to it? He did. No, he's not going to get to it. No. The uh, Today yeah. Show never got to it. Yeah. So yeah, Joe Biden yesterday asked to see uh, Representative Jackie Walorski, who died at the beginning of last month in a, in a head-on collision in Indiana. Um, and yeah, I mean, uh, the Biden White House. I, I will say this: uh, they have to be. On the cynical side, I'm not saying they're glad about death and destruction, but they have to be glad that there is something as big in the news as Hurricane Ian, because this story is nowhere to be found. This gave perfect cover for the networks to not talk about the fact 
that Joe Biden was looking for a dead person yesterday. Mm -hmm. Yes, he was. There's no (laughs) doubt about that. To me... (laughs) To me, the only thing worse was the attempt at spin from the White House press secretary, Karine Jean-Pierre, as reporters Horrible. wanted to know why he was looking for someone who's been dead for almost two months. Right. Where, where's Jackie? I mean, yeah. That's exactly what he said. Well, and um, well, she, top of mind. What? I mean, I think many people can speak to sometimes when you have someone top of mind. They're a top of mind. Exactly that. Uh, and it is also, if you put it into the context... It's not like it happened without outside of context, right? And uh, she was on top of mind. I mean, I don't. That is, <laughs> I mean, that is uh, that is not an unusual uh, unusual scenario there. Marine, I have John Lennon okay. top of mind just about every day, but I'm not looking around for him anyway. When you sign a bill for John Lennon, Lennon as president, then we can have this conversation. Well, okay, go ahead. That's not got to do with anything. It isn't. By the way, today the president will welcome rap superstar Coolio to the White House. (laughs) R.I.P. Coolio. Oh, man. Too soon? No. Okay. No, it's nonsensical (laughs) what they tried to say yesterday. All right. I mean, that made it worse for crying out loud. To say, well, it's top of mind. I totally understand how that happens. You have all of the American people watching this going, listen, it's one thing to have somebody top of mind. Okay, but top of mind when they're deceased, yeah. and then look for them. Oh, yeah. Where's Jackie? Yeah, where, 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 where is Senator she? Booker, Representative Jackie? Are you here? Where's Jackie? I didn't think she was. She was going to be here. <laughs> oh, no, yeah, the was. guy's not fit. We all know it. That's the thing. I guess the most remarkable thing was the amount of shouting in the press room. Because you had different reporters saying, hey, this is pretty important. Yeah. And she's trying to go on to the next question. You had different reporters all saying, hey, no, no, this is important. This is talking about the president's mental health here. Yeah. But it is what it is. I thought this would be the thing, though. I thought the scales would finally fall off the media. and. You got to understand at least a conversation about this. This is a months long operation to try to lead up to the point where, oh, my gosh, Joe Biden's got dementia or something. You know, they so they start off by talking about some gaps. Maybe he's a little too old a few months ago. And now you've got the White House press briefing room filled with reporters, not just from Fox News, who are asking questions about his mental sharpness. Uh, And so it'll just ramp up from there. It takes a little while. And then at some point in the next few weeks, we're probably going to start seeing more shows like the Today Show, Good Morning America, uh, start to wonder, hey, you know, is Joe, did he lose a step getting to first? What's going on here? Yeah, because he's done. The thing is, if you're thinking right now, like maybe I was this morning, hey, okay, I know the hurricane's the biggest story. No doubt about it. Okay, you got to cover that. But it was one other thing that the Today Show did. While you're omitting this story about Biden and his mental health, if you have time to talk about Aaron Judge's 61st home run, yeah. you have time to talk about the mental health of the president right. when he looked for a dead person. Well, right. Yeah, you did three minutes on the death of Coolio. Oh, that's right. Yeah, I mean, that was part of the package this morning. Yeah. So... It's not just, well, I mean, we would have covered it, it, it but the hurricane, mm-hmm. that, that's not good enough. No, the media's a joke. I mean, they're the right hand of the Democratic Party. It just continues to be that way. Gosh, dang. Um, now, when you're talking about world news and relationships between countries, one wonders.
How about our enduring alliance with North Korea? <laughs> Does anybody make any sense anymore? <laughs> That's Kamala Harris, and that is next right here. Van Camp and Robbins show. Jamie Markley, David Van Camp, Scott Robbins. Okay. Enduring alliance with North Korea. Yeah. This is a okay. this is a radical change in US foreign policy here. Vice President Kamala Harris visited the border, at least the one between North and South Korea. I was just gonna say. Uh, and apparently we're BFFs with North Korea now. Hmm. So the United States shares a very important relationship, which is an alliance with the Republic of North Korea. And it is an alliance that is strong and enduring. Hmm. Oh, okay. Well, well, well. Technically, the Democratic People's Republic of Korea. but No conversation? We're not going to sit down and talk about it? What? <laughs> when did this happen? So I take it the handlers came out and said, hey, uh, yeah. Th- yeah, that was just, you know, obviously she misspoke. Yeah. North well, Korea was top of mind. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, yeah, we got, right. it's one yeah. thing when Joe Biden does something like that, because, you know, President Methuselah has, is senile. <laughs> What's her excuse? It's a great question, man. That's the conundrum, isn't it? Right. Don't you almost have For the to Democrats, leave the Democrats? Okay, yeah. Biden's lost it. I mean, he he barely had it before. It's gone. He's mentally not there. But you got no one to put in there. You can't put her in there. Right. I mean, the starter's out of gas, but the bullpen ERA is like 13, and she's first up. <laughs> uh, yes. That's why let, let him burn, man. Let him just throw it out. Yeah. That's why they're working out a trade deal with, with, with uh, Governor Gavin Newsom. <laughs> right. Trying to get him to come in right. there. They, they got one prospect from California, and it's just not working out. They're hoping that a second prospect will. Newsom's in the bullpen getting hot right yep. now. Yep. Holy He's on the team sauce. bus. <laughs> yes, he is. <laughs> Coming in two hours before the game. <laughs> How are they going to do that? I don't know, dude. Because I don't think that we actually believe that Biden's going to be the president in six months. We, have, we already have bets on this. Yeah. Right. He can't keep going. So then what do you do if you're the Democrats? You can't put Kamala in there. Well, they don't have a choice right now. Well, yeah, Kamala would be the president uh, yeah. until 2024. The question is, I, I think, you you know, there there are some people who think that, you know, it'd be really hard for someone to primary her. And I, I think in some regards, there's some truth to that. But at the same time, the get out of jail free card is that nobody actually voted for her to be president. So no. you can say it's a wide open field. Uh, heading into 2024. But what do you do for the 18 months in between? There really isn't another option. She'd be president. Yeah, there isn't one unless you um, impeach her. Or right, something. unless she's yeah. impeached and removed or if she resigns, which that's neither of those are going to happen. Okay. Just thinking out loud. Mm-hmm. All right. Um, Democratic spin. Well, it was the Biden-Harris ticket. Yeah. So they're both going. <laughs> But we're going to replace the vice president first yeah, with whoever it is we want. And then Joe is going to 
make the speech to the nation that his mental decline, he's seen mm-hmm. the doctors and they've told him and it's just not responsible to be the president anymore. Uh, but he's still going to be involved um, and, and he's still going to, you know, help guide, but he just can't do it day to day so that he's going to have to step down. And then who is that person? Mm-hmm. But you think that it's actually going to be Kamala for I, a while? I don't I don't see how they would. I mean, there are different mechanisms they could use to try to try to do something. But at the end of the day, she would be the one who would have to resign or be impeached and then voted. Out. Well, I think they can talk to her into resigning. They Maybe. just know that they can't make her president. They got to know that. Yeah, I, I, I think. Yeah. I mean, if Joe goes, she will be the president until January 6th of or January 20th. I mean, of uh, 2025. January 6th, top of mind, I see. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> That's right. Wow. It, it will be fascinating. I mean, you could look at it as terrifying, yeah. but certainly fascinating. Because yeah. the diversity hires are all fine and good yeah. until that person's really got to do the job. Right. you got to go through another three weeks of glass ceiling and glass all over the floor, ladies, and all that. So, I mean, the Corrine Jean-Pierre experiment tells you a lot. Mm-hmm. Wow. Jeez. You mentioned earlier Coolio, the rapper. Yeah. Died age 59. Um. Found dead yesterday on the bathroom floor of a friend's house. Okay, I know this is getting a lot of news, and I'm not saying it shouldn't. Outside of Gangsta's Paradise, which was the big hit, yeah. did he have a lot of other hits? Did he have, like, a great career? I, honestly, he I don't a, know. He had a couple of hits, Fantastic other Fantastic Voyage or yeah. something. Yeah. But, yeah, Gangsta's Paradise was definitely, that was the big one. Did you play that at Top 40, Scott? What year was that? I don't remember. 96 or 95. Yeah, might have. At 95 is when it won the Grammy. Yeah, I might have. Or, what do you mean you might? It was top well, 40. I don't remember. You, I, I was you in had top to have played it. How do you not remember though, playing so Gangsta's I'm, I'm Paradise? I'm sure I did. I think I played Weird Al's Amish Paradise more. <laughs> <laughs> that was a, that, that's a good one, yeah. That is a good it one. It is pretty yeah. good. Um, David, you're excited about the Weird Al movie. Oh, dude, yes. It, it, it's got, uh, what's his name, Daniel Radcliffe, the uh, Harry Potter guy. Yeah, starring as Weird Al, and it's a it's a parody of a biopic, basically. Like, there's this whole story arc apparently where he's dating Madonna, and Madonna is like head over heels in love with him. He's like the <laughs> biggest music star in the history of pop music. It it looks funny. That does sound pretty funny. <laughs> um, okay, you gotta hear a Whoopi Goldberg take for sheer comedy, and much more coming up right here. Jen Axer, Millennial David Van Camp, Sexy Boomer, Scott Robbins. Okay, keeping an eye on news updates uh, from Florida and with Hurricane Ian, where it's headed next. My goodness. And it's going to be a long rebuild. Yeah, it is. We're just praying that the death toll is not as high as some people were predicting. Keeping an eye on that. This is unbelievable. What's going on in Philadelphia, where you've got record crime record murders and a DA saying, yeah, the plan's working. Yeah. So Philadelphia has this far left wacko DA, Larry Krasner. He's one of these progressive 
restorative justice dudes who's overseen a massive wave of violent crime. Another Soros guy. Uh, absolutely. And, you know, this is happening all over the country where these guys get put into place. Uh, during an interview with Philadelphia's Fox 29, he claimed his plan was working, much to the exasperation of the anchor. You can actually see him in the video grab his grab the side of his head like, what are you talking about? We've had like a thousand murders in the last year. I mean... Wow. All right, roll it. There are multiple things going on in the system, but it has never been the case before until we had reform prosecutors where people tried to blame just one entity. We all have to work together, and the reality is that we have been more and effective. And you are a reformed district attorney. Everybody, everybody in the country knows that. But maybe it's not working. It is working. The reality is that There's our convic- a thousand people killed in 20 months. The, it is working. <laughs> it's. I'm sorry, man. I, I I'm going to say the word. Go ahead. It's gaslighting. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Huge. It's working. Yeah. No, no, it's not. But they just say work. it. Right. And, and no one challenges it, or very few challenge it. And it's just allowed to go into the ether. No, that dude challenged it. He did. Oh, yeah, he did. They don't back down. But they just keep stating that it up? over and over and over. Yeah. So, so, yeah, then he goes on to claim that Republican states are the real crime hotbeds. It's not progressive DAs, okay? Oh, I can't wait. This there is, is absolutely no correlation between being progressive or traditional and the rate of crime. These states in the United States that have a rate of homicide that is 40% higher are MAGA states. They are Trump states. I'll say it again. The rate of homicide in Trump states as compared to Biden states, take all 50 of them, is 40% you know higher. You Republicans say the opposite. It's all the blue Republicans lie. It. I mean, let's just... What? Do- yeah. Okay. Where's the receipts? Where's your no. homework? What so, are you talking about? So, Where do you get the figures? So this is the difference between, uh, well, th- it, this is just lying. Uh, so you look at the state level versus the local level, and you say, okay, the state level uh, of these red states have a higher murder rate. Well, you got to drill down a little bit more because the thing that's contributing to the high murder rates are larger cities with progressive DAs. That's true if you look at Houston. That's true if you look at Portland. It's true if you look at uh, Missouri. It's true. I mean, anywhere anywhere that you have these hard left progressive DAs, uh, New Orleans is another example, is where you see these horrible problems happening. And like in the case of Missouri, for example, because that's one of the things that he's citing, um, if you take out St. Louis... You really think, do you really think the state of Missouri would have a greater murder rate than Philadelphia? Well, and Kansas City. And Kansas City. I mean, look. Where it's been record amount of murders. Yeah. It's the same policies. It's it's nuts. This joker goes on. Get down to it. Republicans lie. That is what they do. Eight of <laughs> the ten cities without not well. Okay, that's right. Not all of them do, but the MAGA ones do. Eight out of ten. No, always got of the, the most points. violent cities are Trump cities. Uh, no, that's not even close to true. I think he meant to say states, but even then, if you look at the homicide rates that are driven upward because of progressive leadership, because Mm -hmm. of things like cashless bail, because of restorative justice. Out of the top 10 most dangerous cities, only one has a Republican mayor. That's Kevin Lincoln of uh, Stockton, California, who just took office last year. 
And that's amazing because Stockton is a plus 22 Democrat city. Wow. I'm telling you, man, everybody's missing the boat here. If the Republicans are not driving this point home, yeah. if crime isn't the number one focal point of your campaign, you're making a huge mistake. What about People the economy? People care about this. Well, they care about crime and they care about the economy. Certainly, yes. But you've got, I mean, people are going to talk about the economy, but you've got to talk about crime. I mean, that's, that's big with people, particularly in the urban areas yeah. who traditionally vote blue. Well, and, it, and if, you're, if you're running at a, a state-level campaign yeah. that, or even or a local campaign yeah. right now, it, it, is, it is harder to run on the economy because what can you really do with the economy at that level? True, David, um, true. So, yeah, crime is, depending on the race, crime is a huge one. Economy is always number one. That's always top of mind for voters. But, yeah, I mean, the, the idea that this guy, this DA, Larry Krasner, who's overseeing a historic jump in murders in Philadelphia, comes out and then says, well, you know, eight out of the top ten uh, most crime-ridden states are, are, are red states, is just a complete lie. You're looking at state-level data versus where that crime is happening. You know, I want to make one other point before we move off of Philadelphia. Because I saw this story yesterday, brought it up to you guys, I think maybe you'd seen it, where police are trying to get the public's help in identifying the suspects. There were five that go to a high school and start opening fire on a football team that had just finished practice and are headed back to the locker room. And there's one 14-year-old dead. What, 61 shell casings at the scene? Yeah. Hey, five guys open fire. Okay? You would think that's going to get some national attention. Maybe that'll be on Good Morning America. Maybe it was. I didn't see Good Morning America. Today's show, I know it didn't have it. No. I'm guessing the others didn't either. Because it doesn't fit a narrative. Right. Okay. You know... Legacy media is always playing the race card. We see it all the time. Could we all agree that if this happened in a Trump city or a Trump state, okay, and you change the color of the people involved, would that be a national story? Absolutely. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Everyone should be outraged at that story. It doesn't matter what color the kids are. We should be wanting to protect all kids. Yeah. Well, you think legacy media cares about those kids to highlight this story? Of course not, because it doesn't fit a narrative. Uh, unless somebody is shot with an AR, gun violence doesn't matter. Right. True. Well, and if the AR is not used by a, a certain race of person, it yeah. will get ignored as well. It's just the way it rolls. It's disgusting. Okay. You had a piece of audio, David, from Whoopi Goldberg. Yeah. So, and does this have to do with the story with Biden yesterday? It does. So the cows on The View are <laughs> kicking around the fact that uh, Joe Biden was looking for a dead person. A dead person, by the way, who he is honoring tomorrow. He's actually bringing the family into the White House for a bill signing. I, I, I guess it's connected to changing the name of a VA clinic in her home state of Indiana. It's Jackie Walorski, a Republican representative who tragically died at the beginning of last month. So Jackie, are you here? Where's yeah. Jackie? Yeah. So Joe Biden, who put out a statement uh, mourning her death, had the flags put at half staff when she died, who is greeting her family tomorrow 
mm-hmm. apparently forgot she was dead yesterday because he's senile and everybody knows it. Well, Whoopi Goldberg came out swinging, saying, hey, this is much ado about nothing. Okay, here we go. You know, my gosh, come on. You can't go after him for, you know, not giving aid to Florida or not tackling the infrastructure. And he's giving aid to Ukraine. So you can't go after him for that. But you can go after him for forgetting that someone has passed. I mean, and she passed last month, not like 100 years ago. Okay. Yeah. okay? What? Because yeah. we dealt with that as well, where people said, you know, that person who died 100 years ago did a great job. Dude, come on. Who's asking for someone that's been dead for a hundred years if they're in attendance? Right. <laughs> that's one of the worst takes I've ever heard in my life. Well, he's only 18 months into this. Hang yeah. in there. I, yeah, I mean, she's only been dead for like two months. How, how could he be expected to know that? It's, it's actually the take. That's right. That's you know, it. I admitted it. And we talked about it during the Trump administration that there were some commentators who would, you know, they they would always defend Trump. It was ride or die. There was never anything wrong he could do. And they, the, the commentators who were in that boat were very few and far between. But, you know, we would laugh at them when, you know, when they would not call out how weird yeah. something was, you know, because it was just kind of goofy. Like, you don't have to defend everything. You can support the guy. I voted for the guy. And you can still be critical of him uh, when he says something that doesn't make any sense. Absolutely. But now, I mean, Whoopi Goldberg just put all those guys to shame with that. Golly. Oh, goodness, yeah. <laughs> wow. That show is a joke. You know what? Later in the show, I've got a different clip of Whoopi, and it wasn't from The View. She did a podcast with your hero, Chris uh, Cuomo. <laughs> I'm joking when I say hero. I couldn't even get Good it out. Good Lord, yeah. It's one of the most nonsensical things you'll hear. And that's saying something. In the climate we're in right now. Yeah. And, and it's all about how whites don't listen to blacks. <laughs> it, it's remarkable. But that's a little bit later on. I happen to see this on a lighter note. Um, you know, sometimes you got to call customer support for whatever it might be. Yeah. Product you have, a service mm. you have, something's not working out. You, you're trying to email. You're not getting any satisfaction. Then you got to call. And so there was a little survey. Hey, what, what's the most annoying thing that can happen? When it comes to customer support, is there anything that just jumps right to the top of your mind? No. Somebody I can't understand on the other end of the phone. <laughs> I simply can't understand them. The English is so broken that I can't understand them. Yeah. And I'm yelling, I don't understand. What? 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 I just want my cable on, man. That's all. <laughs> What's going on? You know, little known fact in linguistics, yelling at somebody makes their accent go away. It makes me feel better, David. It also helps them understand you better the louder that you talk. <laughs> well, I asked for somebody else. Is there anyone else there? Anyone else there? English. Damn, man. You know what? That was not in the top five. I can't believe that. Yeah, that is, man. I, you're absolutely right. I can't understand him. I don't know what he's saying. No. Uh, yeah, whenever I'm in that situation, I just either hang up or ask to be switched to a different representative. Well... I'll get to the other five in a second. That was like my end of ever dealing with Microsoft. I've mentioned it before. That's been over like 10, 12 years ago. I forget how many hours of one weekend because it was massive computer problems on the phone with someone in India. God bless them, man. Yeah, I know. It's not their fault. You know, we can't understand each other. It's like brutal. Finally, I'm like, I'm never doing this again. 
But that's not mentioned in the top five of annoying things with customer support. Terrible hold music was number five. Yeah, why did they do that? Yeah, yeah, you know this. Every month that I got a call about a script and then I get put on hold and it's the same music. There was one I called where it was just a music version of Summer Breeze. See, I could deal with that. But it was on a loop. That's all it was. Oh. It was just... <laughs> they, should do, they should research on hold music. Yeah. Give us the stuff we want, man. They don't care. They want you to hang up. They don't really want to talk to you. Oh, absolutely. Press one for active rock, two for classic rock, three for yacht rock. Also mentioned not being able to reach a real person quickly oh, and easily. I'm yelling, operator, operator, operator. <laughs> Also mentioned having to call or email multiple times to solve a problem. Uh, yeah. And having to repeat details when you're transferred or get disconnected. Mm-hmm. Oh, my. I just told the whole story yeah. of what's happened. And now I got to retell it again. Yeah. It's it's if some company would actually market their product saying our customer service is number one. You're going to talk to a real person. You're going to understand it. We're going to take care of your issue in two minutes. Oh, my gosh. I'm going there. Yeah. Okay. Much more to get to. Oh, that uh, loan, debt, bailout, it's illegal. Next. Van Camp and Robin show. Jamie Markley, David Van Camp, Scott Robbins. You know, keeping an eye on what's going on in Florida, Hurricane Ian, and then of course the economy. And there's fears it's going to get a whole lot worse. Then people are still talking about this student loan bailout. Mm -hmm. Saying, man, this is not fair. People paid their bills, they did it the right way, they get nothing. Mm hmm. You have all these other people getting ten grand, getting bailed out. Well, a conservative law foundation has filed a major legal challenge this week because it's what three to four hundred billion dollars yeah. in this bailout. I don't know if you've noticed, we don't have any money. No, we're broke. Oh, we'll just pay it off in the future. Mm-hmm. Yeah, no problem. Yeah, uh, the suite is from the Pacific Legal Foundation. So the White House's order is flagrantly illegal, and this has been talked about a lot because the measure was not approved by members of Congress. The statement says Congress did not authorize the executive branch to unilaterally cancel student debt. It's flagrantly illegal for the executive branch to create a $500 billion program by press release and without statutory authority to even the basic notice and comment procedure for new regulations. There are a lot of people that said, legal people, yeah. saying, there's a case here. Uh, again, though, I mean, if you're using it, if you're invoking the HEROES Act from post-9-11 to do it, saying that we're doing this because of a COVID emergency. Now, granted, Biden did go on 60 Minutes and said the pandemic is over, so it kind of undercuts that argument. Yeah. But I, I don't know if, if you're completely basing it off of the idea that Congress didn't appropriate that money i i don't i don't i don't think that's going anywhere i don't know man i think there's gonna be a lot of pressure 
Oh, sure there will be. But again, like we talked about at the time, the answer that a lot of courts would say is, uh, well, were you an injured party? Eh, I don't know. Yeah, there are individuals going after that suit. By the way, have you talked to anyone that you know that was going to benefit from this that's tried to get more details on it? Yeah. And what, and what was the answer? No one has any idea of what to Didn't do. No, none whatsoever. Still. Yeah. yeah even even as of this past weekend. Yeah. yeah. I was talking to different people. Yeah, I tried no, to call. Right. And it's like, well, it, yeah, the, the, the information will be coming later. Yeah. So the promise is just for the midterms. Mm-hmm. Of course it is. It's but like, we all knew it was. It's like ordering a new car early. It's not there <laughs> yet. You just pay for it now. Jamie Markley, David Van Camp, and Scott Robbins. We just become best friends. Yep. Making sense of it all. Oh, I get it. And having some fun. Lighten up, Francis. This is the Markley, Van Camp, and Robbins Show. The Markley, Van Camp, and Robbins Show. Thank you so much for being here. I'm Jamie Markley. That's David Van Camp. There's Scott Robbins. Okay, one thing's settled. Um, almost sorry to report it, Ian, because we're still in the throes of this hurricane in Florida, Hurricane Ian, making its way to the Carolinas. Keep you update on that. But we know the climate change caused it now. No, well, we, we don't actually know that. We know it for fact, David. No, hurricanes. Just, whoa, whoa, whoa. <laughs> it's, it's time. To listen to the experts. Right, okay. From what I understand, Joy Reid has spoken yes. and said that climate change caused this hurricane. Yeah. So we know it for fact. Noted scientist, MSNBC's Joy Reid says, Dr. Yes, Joy Reid. That's Dr. Joy Reid, world-renowned yeah. climatologist. Mm-hmm. Doctor of what? <laughs> Funk. <laughs> God. Yeah, uh, she said, well, clearly this is all because of climate change. Okay. There is a lot that has changed about the earth that has made these things worse, right? I mean, these things are thriving because the water is getting warmer. And I think when people, we stopped calling it global warming for political reasons, but that's what it is, right? Our earth is getting warmer and there is just no doubt, I think, left that it is feeding these beasts. Got it, Scott. Again, according to Noah, that's the, the... The thing that runs the National Weather Service, that's actually not true. They don't they they don't see compelling evidence for that. And, you know, again, part of their research shows like meta analysis of a bunch of different studies, a bunch of different academic peer reviewed papers. You know, if we're actually following the science, they're saying that warmer water actually will make them less devastating in the long run. But and that's not necessarily a good thing. I want to point that out that that actually could have a devastating impact on global weather patterns. But it's not this storm is it, it's it's a devastating hurricane that's happened to Florida for centuries, millennia. I mean, that's <laughs> the thing is, we know we can't trust. Well, I'm <laughs> going beyond Joy Reid here. We already know that we can't trust what she says. But as far as, quote, experts, they've been wrong so many times in the past that 
I mean, if you're on CNN, MSNBC, and you bring on your climate expert to support what you want them to say, you can find that person. You could also find another person who is an expert in the field to say, well, hold on a second. And we'll also present to you a whole lot of facts that would totally be conflicting to what was just presented. And you're left with, okay, what makes sense? And you're just trying to make sense of it. And we do know, what is it? The earth is a degree and a half warmer than 100 years ago? Something like that, yeah. Okay. And it's fluctuated over time. To the people that seem to be reasonable, they talk about, okay, going forward in the next 100 years, may have to make some changes with some things. But you have to do that progressively over time. Why is the left right now, while this is still happening and they're trying to rescue people, trying to make the political score of climate change to stay in power, to scare the crap out of people? Well, Isn't that what it's all about? Well, yeah, yeah, and it's also to distract from everything else that's going on. Yes. Didn't we just have news, David, you're a better memory than me on this, within the last week and a half or so, that up until now, the hurricane season had been pretty quiet like compared histor- to the past. Historically yeah. quiet, yes. Yeah, that's true. Okay. So what does that prove? I mean, this is a huge hurricane. There's no doubt yeah. about that. But even after this, I'm guessing the stats will say this season was lower than most for number of hurricanes and destruction across yeah. the world. Well, I mean, unless you have like a dozen hurricanes pop up in the next month or two, yeah. So what will that prove? Nothing. I mean, again, that's why the actual experts who study this, who, by the way, say that climate change is real and it's happening and it will have effects on the global climate and already has. Uh, they're also saying well, you can't look at one weather event and say, oh, well, this is obviously because right. of climate change. Like this is this is not especially when you're talking about hurricanes. It's actually it, it's completely ignorant to say that this has anything to do with that. Correct. It was like Schellenberger, who was Obama's guy, won the award in, what, 2008 for environmentalist that said, yeah, I believe in, in climate change. There's ways to go about this, you know, over time. And to say that, well, yeah, I, absolutely, the climate caused this to happen. You don't know that. But that doesn't stop Joy Reid. At least she's not on race. For one story, finally, right, right. she chose something different. Mm-hmm. I'm sure it'll be somehow that it's because of white supremacy that this happened. Because they're the ones in charge of uh, the environment, and they're the ones that caused it. It'll be something like that. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Give it time. Meanwhile, Queen Jean-Pierre. Man, that was quite an act she had yesterday. Um, I did not envy her job trying to go out there. And explain away why the President of the United States was looking around for a person that's been deceased for almost two months. Yeah. And she's got to make excuses for that. Yeah. Instead of just owning it and say, yeah, he he messed up there. But, dude, didn't you workshop this ahead of time? I mean, this is what you came up with? Yeah, that that she was top of mind is what, when when Joe Biden was asking where Representative Jackie Walorski, who died in a car accident at the beginning of August, was. Something you said yesterday, I think it was yesterday, Jamie, it would have been better if Jean-Claude Pierre Van Damme Mellencamp (laughs) walks out there, grabs the microphone and said, look, I know what you're going to ask me. Joe Biden just totally had a a mental brain meltdown there. Yeah. 
It, it I think David said Everybody yeah. has this happen, and, and it happened to you, and it happened to Joe, and, and that's what happened today. Unfortunately, that happened. Yeah. Move on. Right. You said it. Yes. I mean, you know, sometimes you forget things. Sometimes you, you forget to say things. Sometimes you forget where you put things. We all do it, right? You could relate it that way, but instead you just keep digging the damn hole. And that's the thing. And then you go on the offensive basically saying, I'm not sure why you'd want to ask about this. Yeah. What are you talking about? Are you insane? Yes. So a reporter, yes. yeah, a reporter followed up and said, hey, well, I want to just for clarity's sake, you say that she's top of mind, but that doesn't really make a whole lot of sense because he was looking for her. He wasn't just mentioning her. Right. He was actively looking for her. Yeah. Yes, that's the whole thing. And I suppose if you if you didn't hear the original... Maybe you would think, well, they're making a lot out of this. But no. No. Jackie, are you here? Where's Jackie? Where, where, where's She's Jackie? looking around the room. Yeah, okay. I'm not sure why. Why? Why one more time? Frankly, honestly, I think the memory of the Congresswoman in history requires some clarity here. Um, can you explain where the mistake was made? Did the pres- was the president confused? Was something written in the teleprompter that he didn't recognize? Can you just help us understand what happened? I mean, you're jumping to a lot of conclusions. No, but you're... But, but I, I, no, I hear you, Stephen. I'm, I'm answering the question that you're jumping to a lot of conclusions. I just answered the question. If, I had se- if that had been the case... Time I'm, out. I'm sorry. You didn't answer the question. No. And honestly, the teleprompter part, I thought was a good question. Because we all know he reads off it. Sorry. He attempts to read off it. <laughs> and struggles mightily. Wouldn't you have felt better... If someone said, yeah, he misread the teleprompter. Yes. It's that simple. And and, where is she? And and he was confused and he misread it. He didn't see the words right. Something like that would be easier to understand than what they're trying to sell. I would have stated that, right? I clearly have stated uh, what you just laid out. Uh, What I have said is that she was on top of mine. And that he is going to see her family in just two days' time on Friday to honor her, to honor her work, to honor uh, to honor um, her legacy, if you will. Uh, I've I just mentioned this. It's going to be a renaming of a VA clinic in yeah. Indiana in her name. And there's nothing he was looking know, for. That is that is what he was thinking of. He was thinking about her. Then why was he looking for her? Right. It makes it work. I mean, this is like if you're watching your favorite football team and every time fourth down comes up, they decide to go for it. It's like it's fourth and 18. We're going to go for it. Why? <laughs> it's fourth and 24. We're going do punt, for it. Right? Just punt. Yeah. yeah. Just punt. It's okay to punt. It's fine. Yes. Sometimes that's the strategically smart thing to do. <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> I know Absolutely. we're on our own five yard line, but we're going for it. Man, oh, man. This... <laughs> And, and, you know, I don't know what Jen Psaki could have done with that. Better than that. You know, or any press secretaries that came before. But you're looking at someone with limited skills to begin with. That's a tall task to give that mm-hmm. person. Well, someone made the suggestion that perhaps he was referring to someone with the same first name. That he, would have been more believable. Yeah. I, he wasn't, though. That's he, the problem. Of course he wasn't. But, I mean, at least you can go, oh, okay. Jackie who? Jackie Robinson. Because Aaron Judge hit a home run. And I was thinking, Jackie Robinson. <laughs> Who's also dead. people. The forgotten, <laughs> the forgotten Jackson 5 member, Jackie Jackson. I want to yes. represent him today. There you go. That's who I was thinking of. 
Okay, yeah, by the way, another poll came out. <laughs> Majority of Americans have doubts about mental fitness. Here's the thing about the poll. Whoa. Came out. Before? It was conducted before this happened. Oh, my yesterday. God. Yeah. Let's, let's, go to the, let's go to the chalkboard now. Wow. <laughs> and I mean it seriously. Has there been a better example of him not being there? There's been several yesterday. examples, but that was a home run, yes. Yeah, that that was that's the league leader in the clubhouse oh so far. Gosh. Yeah, okay, a lot to get to. Um, man, oh man, David, I can't wait to get to your story you have on this report, shedding light on the horrific conditions of kids in cages. Is this modern day? Yeah, it is. So that stopped with Orange no, Man Bad. I thought what? That and much more coming up right here. Van Camp and Robbins show. Jamie Markley, David Van Camp, Scott Robbins. I see kids in cages, and I'm wondering, is this a current story? Yeah, yeah, it is. Yeah, this is a result of Biden's border crisis. You're not seeing a whole lot of people weeping and wailing about this one, though. Where's AOC? Uh, I don't know. AOC should be down there, you know, dressed all in white and, and with her bright red lipstick and crying in front of the migrant cages and claiming that people are being forced to drink out of toilets and whatnot. Yes. Remember that, Jim, from a few years ago? Of course. Well, yesterday, the Health and Human Services Inspector General put out a report confirming that the conditions at Fort Bliss, where a bunch of migrant children are being housed, is, uh, well, they're as bad as they were reported initially last year. Because it's a makeshift shelter inside this army base, uh, and kids who have been stuffed in there are having panic attacks. There was one girl who tried to kill herself in front of a bunch of people because they're stuffed in there, and they don't see caseworkers for months on end. They have no contact with their family. Oh my goodness. They have no idea when they're going to be released. They have no idea where they are. But remember what the media freaked out about. Martha's Vineyard. Yeah. That's what they cared about. That's what they, that's what they lost their minds over. Dude, part of this is uh, this whole Inspector General's report is crazy because the initial two whistleblowers, they were contractors who were brought in to help uh, uh, take care of these kids. The problem is they worked for ServPro. ServPro is a company that goes and cleans up after like house fires, nat- natural disasters. They were there to clean things and they were tasked, basically deputized into taking care of children. Wow. You know, it's so many different things, claiming that you care about these kids, but then your actions clearly show that you don't. It's one thing after another after another. Well, you could make the argument with the far left, with the environment, with the private flights, and all of those abuses. Oh, we care about the environment. Got to limit it. Mm-hmm. But you don't practice it. We care about the kids in the inner city. But what do you do as far as crime? Nothing. You allow it to happen. 
there's more teens being killed in big cities than I can ever remember. I think it's a record. This is the age we live in, though. You post it on your social media page. You, you put a Ukrainian flag up or a rainbow flag up. You, you tell people you're an advocate. You don't do anything. No. It's just that's just what you do to be part of the cool kid club. That's it. But that's some dope in high school or college. No, you no give I, them a break. Uh, but these people are in adults. Congress. Well, uh, yes, but they do the same thing. It's all ceremonial. It doesn't mean anything. It is. I mean, none of this means anything. Oh, but it, it's just it's so hypocritical oh, to well, talk about something that you care about so much. Well, they're not going to get actions. themselves actually involved in it, though. No, for you, you get it, you. <laughs> If you were as smart as we were, then you wouldn't have to listen to us. But you do. You know, it's something that irritates me. It doesn't take long to get you more well, wild that stuff up. makes me crazy because they do it all the Is time. You, yes. We we stand behind those illegals coming in here. They're just one for freedom. They just want to get engaged. What, at my place? Not yeah. my house. Good God. No, they're fine with it as long as they're stuffed into cages out of sight, out of mind. That's right, David. Yeah. That's right. That's 100% right. They don't care. Of course, keeping an eye on Hurricane Ian, the coast of Florida. And now they're saying it's gaining steam again. That's frightening. It's going through Florida and then heading to the Carolinas. And I understand. We talked about it a little bit yesterday. uh, Different people, whether it was Fox Weather, the different networks, uh, Weather Channel. uh, For a lot of the reporters, this is almost what they live for. Like, they want to report on this stuff and be on the ground for it. Yeah. Um. Jim Cantore, did you see what happened to him? Got hit by the tree branch while mm-hmm. doing the report? Yeah. Oh, I didn't see that. Oh, yeah, man. It just came flying by. All right, you know what? I think I'm just going to come in here for a second. Jim, you all right? I'm all right. I'm fine. I'm fine. I just, you just can't stand up. <laughs> yes. Because it's so powerful. You, yeah. You're trying to stand. It'll blow you over. Yeah. That was crazy. Some of those guys wearing baseball helmets. Mm-hmm. Did you see that? It's probably smart. Yeah, something to protect your head because yeah. that stuff whips around and it can really it can kill you. Well, earlier in the day, I'm like, is that some sort of helmet? It looked like a bicycle helmet, right? And then that. by later, it was like some people were using baseball helmets. I saw a number on the side of it. Yeah, yeah. And the, you had the different reporters using condoms to protect the tips of the microphones. What? Yeah. Why? Yes. Yeah. So it didn't get drenched. Well, well, yeah, but you you can put like just a plastic bag over it. Well, whatever you had handy, right? Right. <laughs> what's what's more effective? What were you planning to do during that hurricane? Well, you know, this is the Markley Van Camp and Robin Show. Okay, biggest story of the day, I'm guessing, is the hurricane. Yeah, I mean, yes, obviously, because there's just so much devastation. Fort Myers, uh, all up and down the. Uh, southwestern coast of the state of Florida. And as you mentioned, as it's moving across Florida, it's picking up steam, getting back to hurricane status uh, as it heads towards the Carolinas now. So uh, this is a monster of a storm, and uh, hopefully uh, we will get out of this with minimal loss of life. But, man, I'll tell you this. God bless the linemen who are waiting (sighs) in Georgia right now to go down to Florida. Man, oh, man. Yeah. Talk about not safe. Okay. Gavin Newsom, California. You know he's running for president. Knucklehead. Next.
Marshley Van Camp and Robin Show. Jamie Marshley, Gen Xer. Millennial David Van Camp and the sexy boomer Scott Robbins. Okay. Keeping an eye on Hurricane Ian. Other stuff going on. Gavin Newsom. Yeah, Republicans only promote crime. Yeah. What? What? What is this, David? Yeah, so this is now, I guess, going to be the new talking point because yeah. Democrats know that crime is such a huge liability for them thanks to the 2020 summer of love, defund the police, and uh, cashless bail, all these things that they do in the name of what they call restorative justice, which, uh, well, it doesn't work in the real world. No. Uh, because what it does is it rewards criminal behavior. Correct. Uh, and it does not dissuade anybody from, well, committing crime. Uh, but the new talking point now from the Democrats has come out, and it's that Republicans are the ones who are actually pro-crime. And they play some fun games with the numbers here. This is California Governor Gavin Newsom on MSNBC. Okay. Eight of the top ten states with the highest murder rates, all are Republican states. How did Democrats not know that? In fact, it's really nine out of ten Georgia went for Biden, but it's really a Republican state, or at least a red state. Eight out of ten. And we're losing that message? Crime is higher, as well as taxes here for the average. Uh, Time out. You've debunked this before, David, very yeah. easily. Well, what, they, what they're doing is they're looking at state-level crime statistics, which that part is true, eight of the top ten or whatever. Uh, but what you're failing to note in this case, and what, what Gavin Newsom and some other Democrats who are picking up on this are failing to note is that the hotspots for crimes, in many cases, have not had Republican leadership for generations. It's been getting more and more progressive uh, over the last years, over the last several years, I should say. So, like, for example, take the state of Missouri. You would call that a red state based off of uh, the general statewide voting returns. Mm -hmm. um, but the crime is mostly concentrated in parts of Kansas City and parts of St. Louis. Now, who has been running those towns for a long time? Well, that'd be Democrats. Right. So, yeah, yeah, actually... Well, uh, saying that, David, is racist. Well, it's not, though. I mean, <laughs> no, it's you, not. Had that, you had the prosecutor in St. Louis who was more worried about uh, prosecuting the McCloskeys than actually figuring out who was, like, I don't know, murdering a bunch of people. Correct. Remember that? In that office, how many people who were arrested on suspicion of murder were having their cases dropped because she wasn't getting around to prosecuting them? That it was, was unbelievable. It's one of those things, and there have been several in the last five years, that you could see and say, I never thought I would see that in this country. What is going on? It's nuts. Oh, Newsom goes on, by the way. A citizen in Texas, it's higher crime, higher violent crime and poverty crimes than in the state of California. 67% higher gun death rate in Texas. Why don't we push back? Why are we? Well, why, don't, why, why, why don't we? I do don't why don't we? I don't know. Why don't we? Because push people back? see right through it. Yeah, because people know, okay? People know what the score is. Why do you think so many people have been moving out of cities in the last five to seven years? Yeah. And especially after 2020. Mm -hmm. Like, okay, time to go. Had enough. And then you know what those people are called if they happen to move just to better their families and make yeah. sure their kids are safer? Racist! Yeah. It's white flight. Oh, of course it, it is. Happened to me. I got assaulted in high school and we moved to a different neighborhood. That wasn't necessarily all white, but it was from a, uh, we did move from a majority black area of Houston 
but it was because it wasn't safe anymore. It was a peaceful stabbing. <laughs> right, mostly peaceful stabbing. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> yeah. Only, got, only got part of my neck. That's um, all. Yeah, yeah. part of it. <laughs> Didn't cut right. the head off. I mean, come on. Yeah. <laughs> like a complete psychopath. But yeah, Can't I mean, turn were, my head now, the, but that's okay. There were actually people who said, yeah, well, that, that's white flight or yeah, something oh, yeah. like that. It had nothing oh, yeah. to do with the racial makeup of the neighborhood we lived in. It had everything to do with the fact that, well, I was assaulted. Well, of course. <laughs> By the way, seriously. And, and we've all known people in this situation. And it doesn't matter what race you are. If you're living in a bad part of whatever town, city, and you want to get out of that because of the crime. Yeah. Okay. What is it called if it's a person of color that moves out of the neighborhood? Oh, that I have an answer for that. That's internalized white supremacy. Mm-hmm. <laughs> there you go. Thank you. That's what they say it is. Yes. Now, what do you what do you call it when? And I'll just say this is part of my family tree. Uh, you know, when somebody moves out of the trailer park because of well, crime, and it's mostly white people. It's not white flight. It's getting away from meth dens. Right. It's crime. Getting away from a bad situation. Yes. For the safety of your family. Imagine you work hard, you go to school, you get your education or whatever. You go out and work hard and make make something yourself, earn some money. And you, you feel like I should stay in this neighborhood because that's the right thing to do. Hell no. <laughs> and some people do. Are you insane? And, well, if you want to, that's fine. Right. And, and some people do, and they really want to try to make a difference in their community. But if you're not able to be actively promoting safer streets, right, you're not going to be able to promote or devote most of your time in your life to trying to figure out how to solve crime. And you're just trying to raise two or three kids, whatever it may be. Uh, you just want to be able to know that your kids can walk around your neighborhood at night. Of course. Without sure. getting shot or stabbed of or course. beat up or mugged. No, yes. I mean, listen, man, if you want to stay and try to help out, by all means, do that. But m- the majority of the people, once they can, do. Yes, and it doesn't matter, race. No, they just go. They go. Right. Saw this. Uh, this was from Daily Wire. A lot of companies are taking their advertisements away from Twitter over child pornography allegations. This is still going on. I remember you talking about this before, yeah. David. Well, there, were, there was a lawsuit that's still making its way through the courts right now because there was a young boy who had been uh, catfished, basically, into doing sexual acts on video and uh, sent them to somebody. And that person wound up sharing that, those videos all over Twitter, and they begged Twitter to take it down yes. time and time again. And they never really got in touch with anybody. Twitter never really bothered to deal with it. They had to actually get... I think it was the Department of Homeland Security, if I'm not mistaken. They had to get the feds involved to get Twitter to actually take down literal child pornography and exploitation. It, it's unbelievable. I'll just read from the story. This was a Reuters report. Tweets soliciting child sex abuse material have appeared alongside or on profile pages of at least 30 major advertisers' Twitter accounts. And some of those companies are pulling their services. Well, yeah. Mm-hmm. You don't want to be linked to that. So a cybersecurity group, Ghost Data, released a new research report, and it was reviewed by Reuters, and it's about child sex abuse online that allegedly identified links to this exploitive material containing child pornography. 
And I'm always, and I shouldn't be, surprised when you're talking about some of this stuff showing up, whether it's Twitter, TikTok, like child porn. Are you crazy? And you wonder what is happening. So there are different companies that have pulled their ads. Um, One said there's no place for this type of content online. Well, yeah, stating the obvious. According to the report, more than 500 accounts openly shared or requested child sex abuse material for 20 days this September, this month. Wow. Of those accounts, more than 70% were still active during the study. Yeah, and and Twitter has maintained for a while now that even soliciting that type of material uh, or talking about it, all that, that's protected. They, they say, well, yeah, that's not really a violation of our terms because you're not actively committing a crime, even if you are actively soliciting illicit photos of children. They say that's not a big deal. Boy, you question the COVID vaccine, and boom, you're booted immediately. Yeah. The, the priorities are all sorts of screwed up. Yeah, and I know this is apples and oranges. I just can't help where my mind goes. I'm thinking about this dude, uh, the Catholic guy, the pro-life guy, with the seven kids in Pennsylvania, the FBI comes and raids his place. They take him away on a bogus charge that wasn't picked up by the local DA. But yet this kind of crap is just ignored with child porn. And then you understand, of course, everything's politicized. It's pretty nuts. Yesterday, David, you had the Marjorie Taylor Greene commercial that she's running to go hog hunting with her in a helicopter. It's yeah. a contest. She's running a contest. Yes, yeah, We're not go. making this up, by the way. Yeah, you, you can go to, uh, there's a ranch in Texas that she's working with, apparently, that you you can go and you, you, you load up a couple rifles and you get in a helicopter and you go shoot hogs with her. Well, yeah, I mean, the commercial is... Democrats aren't the only one destroying farmers' ability to put food on the table. We've got wild hogs destroying farmers' fields. So we decided to go hog hunting. Let's help American farmers out. Sign up below and let's go in that helicopter and go hog hunting. Enter to win now. By the way, just side note, did you see the Huffington Post wrote a story claiming that she was comparing Democrats to the hogs, that she was making a threat to go shoot Democrats? Oh, for God's sake. That's a reach, man. It's a super big reach. Yeah. That like that's I. They're they're just they're scared children. Yeah, they just are. Just children. She wants to kill. (laughs) So we're talking the story, and David, you had said, "Man, I'd love to do that." Yeah, I would. Yeah, that'd be awesome if I could do that. Man, that would be really cool if we could pull that off. And then as a side conversation. I thought I had heard about something with her. I didn't know what the marital status was. It's on again, off again. I don't know. I don't care that much. Other than to Raz Scott to say, yeah, man, if if you're single and she's single, man, you'd be there. No. And he's like, oh, no, I couldn't. No, no. no. I couldn't handle it. I couldn't either. That, that, that's, but that, you'd try. That's too much. I, you'd try. I've run up some hills before, but, man, that one. <laughs> And I only made this point is to say, if you're a single guy and she's single and she came into town and said, Scott, I want to have dinner with you. 
Yeah. You're having dinner. Well, I'm quite content. So, What did I just say? You if said, you're if you single. Were. Okay, all right, I got it, I got it. You know you're no, there. No, I, I, you know you are. God, it'd be weird, though. <laughs> She's... You couldn't say no. There's no way. You know it, I know it, David Okay, knows here's, it. here's the only way I would accept an invitation to have dinner with Marjorie Taylor Greene. Only if you allow my friend David Van Camp to go hog hunting with you. That's it. You wouldn't need that. Yes, I would. I need need something to help out my friend David Van Camp fulfill his wish. I just think it's funny that one of us is worried about having dinner with her and the other one would love to go shoot guns with her. Scott is worried, but not really, because you know he'd go. Oh, yeah, you would. I I couldn't believe it. I'm looking through news today, and I see Marjorie Taylor Greene's husband files for divorce. Dude, that's it. That's it. I'm like, the timing of our conversation yesterday, it's lining we just, up. We did just talk about this, yeah. Holy smokes. They've been together. It sounds like, you know, they always do this. Well, not always. I shouldn't say that. They actually said, hey, we've been friends for the last 29 years. This is the statement from her husband that's filing for divorce. Um, Marjorie's been my best friend for the last 29 years and an amazing mom. Our family is our most important thing we have done. As we go on different paths, we will continue to focus on our three incredible kids and their future endeavors and our friendship. Her so husband said that. Yes. Yeah, it's because he's going to get paid. Well, that, maybe it's true. I don't have any mm-hmm. idea. All I know is if she says, Scott, I really want to have dinner. <laughs> I with told you, you I'm, I'm content. I'm fine. Mm-hmm. But if you weren't, you'd be there. Okay. Mm-hmm. Just one kiss, Scott. Six months later. <laughs> We go to a live shot of Scott Robbins living under a bridge. Yeah, right. <laughs> Barking at the bypassers. <laughs> arr, 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 arr. You'd be in D.C., man. Barking at the bypassers <laughs> under a bridge. Oh, uh, Democratic Senator and Reverend Raphael Warnock talks about abortion, saying even God gave us a choice. Oh, we'll get to no, that and much no. more coming up right here. Markley, Van Camp, and Robert Show. Jamie Markley, David Van Camp, Scott Robbins. Okay, so you've got the left trying to politicize the weather. This hurricane and heading now toward the Carolinas, keeping an update on that. I saw this. I know that they've said Democrats have one issue they feel like is a winner for them, and that's abortion. Yeah. And even that is... Not 100%, because it all depends on how the argument's framed. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and unfortunately, Republicans are really lousy at framing that argument. Oh, my goodness, yes. But trying to get the left to answer the question, what, 15 weeks isn't enough? Yeah. How long do you want? Oh, you know. what? Yeah, the, no limits. Right, no, none. Right. But it seems that that would be a tough one if you're a pastor, like, Raphael Warnock in Georgia. Well, yeah. But he was speaking the other day at a rally in Atlanta for seniors and mentioned that, well, even God gave us a choice when it comes to abortion. Abortion? Yes. Oh, I don't know about that one. 
<laughs> I mean, I'm no biblical scholar here, but holy smokes, I don't recall that. He describes himself as a pro-choice pastor and was, you know, speaking about this, saying uh, the patient's room is too narrow and cramped for a woman, her doctor, and the United States government. This is a between a woman and her doctor. What a godly man. So I trust women in their wisdom to sit with their own doctor, and if they choose to sit with their pastor and to pray about that and let their own conscience guide them. Even God gave us a choice. As you can imagine, that's wow. <laughs> been thoroughly mocked. Mm-hmm. Well, I mean, you could go through Bible passages on this. Okay. But I think one thing he said is, yes, we do have a choice. God gives us a choice. That's true. Yeah. You can do good. You can do evil. Yeah, it's the choices are yours. Yeah. Here's the playbook. Sometimes that's a clear choice. Other times it's a little more gray. But yes, you do have free will. But I don't think that's to say, hey, God's all for abortion. That's a pretty tough one. What about running over a loved one? Well, he did run over his ex-wife. Yeah, I'm just asking. That I guess you had a choice. (laughs) This is the Mark Levine Camp and Robin Show. Jamie Markley, David Van Camp, and Scott Robbins. We just become best friends. Yep. Making sense of it all. Oh, I get it. And having some fun. Lighten up, Francis. This is the Markley, Van Camp, and Robbins Show. The Markley, Van Camp, and Robbins Show. Thank you so much for being here. Jamie Markley, David Van Camp. Scott Robbins, you're paid to be here. Shut up. Okay. What, 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 I'm paid to be here? Yes. Or are we all paid to be here? <laughs> I'm saying thank you. Or am I the only you. one earning anything? Okay. Well, you're hurting it right now. Okay. Can we talk about the hurricane? We can if you'd like. It's we can talk show. about Go you. Ahead. No, it's not. It's a team show. Okay, be right. a team player. No, I'm trying. It's Thursday. You accuse me of... Okay. Go ahead. Never mind. David, we're not going to get any of this under control as far as the hurricanes yeah. until we get climate under control. Is that what I'm hearing? That, that, yes. We, we need to learn how to control the weather, apparently. is is the That needs to be the game plan moving forward, you know, because right now, I mean, Hurricane Ian just wrecked a good portion of, of southwest Florida. It's just, it's awful. The images that we're seeing, I mean, you got all this huge fleet of linemen getting ready to go and try to restore power to somewhere of, what, two and a half to three million people? Yeah, man. Listen, dude, I know what the sheriff said as far as how many people could be dead. We don't know. Yeah. But again, he were he was talking about over 100. Yeah, the Lee County Sheriff was saying like hundreds of people dead. Don't know. Having been to Fort Myers a few times up that coast, I mean, stating the obvious, um, a lot of retired people yeah. that live in that area. And if they couldn't get out, it just puts fear in your heart of what could have happened. We don't really have any idea yet because it's very difficult still to get to people. Those yeah. are the reports that we're getting. I mean, there are some of the smaller islands just off the coast that are wiped out oh. i mean they're oh. they're washed away right yes now. 
So, you know, trying to figure out the devastation, what yeah. what's happened. And at the same time, we're cashing in the climate change chip, it seems. Yeah, according to MSNBC contributor James uh, Stavridis, this is all preventable if we just learn how to control the weather, guys. Let's go. Okay. At the end of the day, when you see one of these massive storms come in and you know more are coming, you know we're going to be dealing with this as a nation um, going into the future if we can't get climate under control. Okay. Can I ask a practical question here? Sure. If, in fact, we're talking about the Green Weenie agenda, which they are. Yes. The Green Weenie agenda, the bulk of it is electric vehicles. Correct. How does that work in a situation like this mm. where there is no power and there may not be for a week? It I doesn't. Did see, maybe longer. I did see NBC do a report before the hurricane hit that was saying it would, you know, have some challenges, but there was good news as well. The challenge, of course, is if you can only get 150 to 200 miles, you got to find a charging station, and that's not easy to do. We don't have the infrastructure, as you know. No. Yeah. Okay. But the good news outside of you being stranded somewhere, was once you did get back home, you could power your house from the car. If the car was charged, then you could use that charge to power the house. Mm -hmm. Is that true? They said three to ten days. Well, what they didn't tell you is, well, what does that exactly mean? How much stuff can you have on in the house? You don't know. Yeah, I mean, right now, the only vehicle that theoretically could do it is the new Ford Lightning Correct. You got this bi-directional charging feature that you can put power back into the house. But again, it's it's very theoretical. If you've got like a Nissan Leaf, <laughs> good luck. I mean, maybe you can keep your refrigerator running. Mm -hmm. But which is good. I'm not not poo-pooing that, but this idea that anybody would be promoting it as, yeah, you you can basically just power your house for a few days is not very realistic. I thought it was rather odd with the situation we were looking at a couple of days ago to do the feature on electric vehicles in this situation. Yeah. Or maybe it's really good because it would, to me, the takeaway was, yeah, you're not ready to get one yet because if you're in a situation like this and you got to get out of Dodge, how are you going to do it? Yeah. You, you, you got to plan know. charging stations and figure out where they are. That, that doesn't seem to be the most time effective plan. Well, and, and you also have to have, a, uh, a what's called the Ford Charge Station Pro in order to do it, to power your house, okay. which costs another $1,300. Well, it's a little expensive, isn't it? Uh, gosh. The other part of what that dude said there from MSNBC that we're going to keep getting these unless we get the climate under control. Was the climate not under control then for Katrina right. back in 05? Right. Or the hurricanes, like what, over 100 years ago in Galveston mm -hmm. that decimated that area? Is that what was happening at that time? <laughs> was it too many people drinking moonshine and farting into the atmosphere? <laughs> what was going on? Yeah. <laughs> Just yeah. asking questions here. Want to learn? Methane is a problem. Okay. All right. Meanwhile, um, the Prime Minister of New Zealand. This is concerning because free speech across the world Seems to be not a thing anymore well, that's to be protected. Yeah, it needs to be regulated is what they're saying, which means it's not free speech. I mean, we talked about it yesterday in Germany. They're actually arresting and fining people 
for saying mean things on Twitter, which is, that's terrifying. Well, and as the world and as citizens, everyday people are pushing back more and more against climate cultists and government and finance and the World Economic Forum types who want to, you know, send most of us back to the Stone Age. Uh, world leaders are getting desperate now. Uh, New Zealand Prime Minister Jacinda Ardern gave one of the creepiest speeches at the United Nations because she's worried about <laughs> disinformation. Mm-hmm. This is the same woman who said the only, reli- only reliable source of information for COVID was from the government or government-approved news outlets. Remember that? No, no you people were insane right. in New Zealand. It was nuts. Mm-hmm. Your government was wrong. I cannot tell you today what the answer is to this challenge. I can say with complete certainty that we cannot ignore it. To do so poses an equal threat to the norms we all value. We have an opportunity here to ensure that these particular weapons of war do not become an established part of warfare. Weapons of war? What is she talking about? She's talking about disinformation, which disinformation in earnest, and I'm not talking about what you know the left has defined as disinformation, which is things they don't like. Uh, I'm just talking about actual disinformation. That's, that's a long-established tool of war. I mean, for all of mankind, it's, I mean, <laughs> yes, I mean, that, that's exact that absolutely. I mean, one of my favorite anecdotes and, you know, never really, I'm never really sure if this is true or not, but I want it to be true. And I assume it's true is that at the height of the cold war, the CIA would drop, uh, care packages into, I guess it was either East Germany or into Russia that had like obviously was from America and they would provide condoms that were like three times the size of normal condoms <laughs> to make it seem, just, just to get into people's heads. <laughs> you have no idea what you're dealing with here. Right. <laughs> I mean, disinformation, information warfare is where it's at and always has been for a long time. So she's yeah, actually you're talking like, about morale. Yeah. Yeah, that, that'll shoot it down in a hurry. It's another form of weaponry, too. <laughs> and it doubles as a lifeboat. <laughs> That's right. Whack! <laughs> Before you get too excited, there's more from the Prime Minister. In these times, I'm acutely aware of how easy it is to feel disheartened. We are facing many battles on many fronts. But there is cause for optimism. Because for every new weapon we face, there is a new tool to overcome it. For every attempt to push the world into chaos is a collective conviction to bring us back to order. Oh, buddy. We have the means. We just need the collective will. Mm-hmm. Mm. Is she well liked there? At the UN or in New Zealand? In New Zealand. I thought she was well-liked, but I'm not sure. Yeah. You just wonder, man, are people drinking the Kool-Aid? Because that's insane. Okay. Let's get to our own problems. Kamala Harris. Um, Did you know we have quite an alliance with North Korea? I didn't until yesterday. But we do. Uh, Peace with North Korea. We have it, apparently. Yeah. And a long-standing alliance with North Korea, according to the vice president. Okay, um, while I'm pulling up that clip, we had this a little bit earlier. I mean, it's the way it flows. Oh, yeah. 
was North Korea top of mind for her? So the United States shares a very important relationship, which is an alliance with the Republic of North Korea. And it is an alliance that is strong and enduring. (laughs) So then what was the official statement, David? Oh, I'm sure she just misspoke or something, but... Man, it's, obviously she was thinking about South Korea, South Korea, yeah, not North that's Korea. What she meant by mm-hmm. that, it, it's not anything other than that. Right. I mean, I'm seeing stuff on the internet like the official transcript, the one that she was supposed to read, that had North Korea line through it with the yellow line through it. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, again, I don't know if that's true or not true, but she read it. Man, I keep coming back to what are they going to do? Biden doesn't know if someone's alive or dead. He's looking for someone deceased. And you think, okay, after the midterms, they're going to have to yank him out of there. He's going to have to make the statement, I can't do it anymore. The doctors have told me I have a form of whatever you want to call it, dementia, senile, whatever. Mm -hmm. But you know you can't put her in there. So then where does it go? And that's why we bet. Well, I mean, I think we actually do have a bet. That I mean, yes, through the line of succession, Kamala Harris will be president if Joe Biden leaves. I just keep thinking something's going to happen before that, that they just can't allow that to happen. They're going to replace her or she's going to quit or something's going to happen. She'd have to resign because I don't see them impeaching and and removing her. They don't they you know, if if Republicans take the House, they may have the votes to impeach her, but they'll they'll never have the votes to to remove her from the Senate. That'll be interesting to see. All right, we'll, and we'll review our bets on that, too, because that's yeah. always fun. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Um, you know what's a problem in this country, too? We should probably tackle this. Um, uh, white people don't listen to black people. That is according to Whoopi Goldberg. Oh, all right. <laughs> Wait till you hear this. Straight ahead. Markley, Van Camp, and Robbins show. Jamie Markley, David Van Camp, Scott Robbins. News update, David Van Camp. Well, the government announced today that, uh, well, yeah, the uh, we have, in fact, had two straight quarters of uh, negative growth, which would indicate that we are, in fact, in a recession right now. Stating the obvious. Uh, and so they firmed up the numbers from the first two quarters of the year, and, yes, the economy shrank for the first half of the year, and I don't expect that to change uh, for the next successive quarters whenever we get the data for them. Um, So, yeah, uh, again, the news outlets uh, are all saying, well, there's got to be a little bit of nuance here, right? Because they're all relying on a government institution to actually formally declare that we're in a recession. Well, a lot of times that doesn't happen until like a year after the fact. Oh, boy. Well, that... And then just something that you mentioned off air, Scott, a guy that we both know posted on social media, mm-hmm. an old coworker of ours yeah. is in Florida. He's an engi- radio engineer in that neck of the woods. Fort Myers. Yeah, he's in Fort Myers. And he talked about Sanibel Island. Yeah, Sanibel Island. Sanibel yeah. Island, yeah, that, that uh, is gone. It just doesn't, it's just gone. Wow. So, so if you know people who have vacationed there in the past, a lot of people have very fond memories of going oh, yeah. there for yeah. vacation. 
it, he said it's gone. I mean, yeah. that's hard to wrap your head around, man. I mean, I guess we've seen some yeah. of it on television, but holy moly. Yeah, more on that a little bit He's trying bit later. to keep, like, all these radio stations on the air. I'm they're, sure, yeah. dude. They're having a hell of a time. That's yeah. the one outlet for people. Right. Get information, yeah. other things. Yep. Um, I had mentioned a little while ago, Whoopi Goldberg, um, saying that you know, one of the problems is white people don't listen to black people. This was part of a conversation with Chris Cuomo. <laughs> Fredo has got a podcast, you know, before he starts. Is that what he's game. doing now? No, he's been doing it for a little while now. Okay. And they were talking about Whoopi's new movie, Till, which is coming out. And talking about the part of Emmett Till's mom, um, Amy Till Mobley, putting her son's body on display to get public attention to the crime when he was killed. And I'll just pick it up with Cuomo saying that was pretty tough thing to do. And just listen to this. Hard to do to have your own baby put out there like that. Well, you know, how else are you going to get people's attention? Yep. Because white people weren't really paying much attention to us the way that they kind of are not paying attention now in a way. Oh, for. Okay, so Cuomo actually goes with a little pushback. What would happen if it happened today? Well, I think people would lose their minds, much like we did during George Floyd. And I think it would not just be black people because people are tired of this. They're tired of people coming in and shooting them. They're tired of people coming in and shooting kids. They're tired of just the top. People are tired of it. We've got, we're weary of this. And this is, you know, this happened in 1955. And people keep saying, oh, well, we don't need to rehash it. No, we do. So a couple of points of well, hold on a second. resistance. That didn't make any sense because people would lose their minds and not just black people, meaning I'm guessing white people, too. Yeah. Like George Floyd. But I thought just before that, she said, right, they weren't being listened to. So it was sort of nonsensical. It's like yeah, a yeah, contradictory yeah. sentence right there. Yes. And also pushing forward the narrative. OK, that cops are just gunning down black people which we know is statistically bullcrap. So this is where Cuomo pushes back. We're not 1955 anymore. Uh, the progress has been tremendous. And the media will sort of push back. and certain components of the left architect a false perception of police violence against people of color and prejudice and it doesn't really exist the way we say it does today listen people can say everything they want you george floyd happened we all watched it okay there are person upon person upon person who are innocent we're not talking about you went after the bad guys and you got them. this is about something totally different and you don't have to admit to what you see what i don't I don't follow that I don't one. Know. You guys want I told you it was completely nonsensical and there's more. <laughs> oh, you, but it's it's off the rails. Disconnected stuff here. No. Okay. This is the Markley Van Camp and Robin show. Biggest story of the day, David. Uh probably uh, still tracking what Hurricane Ian is doing. Um and what the fallout is along the coast in Florida because the early reports are not good. It it does not look uh it does not look like this is something that's going to be over very quickly no and it looks like the worst part of it is past orlando yeah but then you're seeing myrtle beach in that area yeah 
are getting starting to get hit. So, yeah, we'll keep you updated on that. Um, Sky Robbins has his top three stories of the day, as yeah. always. The trifecta. Okay, along with the news update, and then you guys have to pick if you want more nonsense from Whoopi. I could take it or leave it. <laughs> Straight ahead. <laughs> Van Camp and Robin Show. Jamie Markley, Gen Xer. David Van Camp, Millennial. Scott Robbins, Sexy Baby Boomer. News update, David Van Camp. Very uh, interesting here. Uh, a An ex-Army major who was actually the first trans officer in the United States Army has now been indicted for allegedly trying to sell health secrets to the Russians. Whoa. Well, now. Yeah. What sort of health secrets? Uh, like, well, private information of health records of, to, mm. to gauge what the fighting strength of the U.S. military was. Wow. Was that when he was a guy before he was a girl? Because it doesn't count. That guy doesn't exist anymore. No, no, the interesting thing here is that suddenly the trans identity disappeared did with the, it <laughs> with the DOJ ain't that press something. release well and and in fairness to the department of justice i mean this person is uh, a male i mean this person you know is is being charged as such and so i guess they're dead naming him <sighs> but it's interesting how how so many media outlets are not actually picking up on on the angle uh of of this person being the first trans officer in the army mhm okay so just to make sure that we have the facts here, um, was originally a dude, but identified as a female. Right? That is as I understand it. Okay. And that's when got caught selling secrets mm -hmm. to the Russians. Uh, yeah. Well, now, more recently. Okay. Yeah. Well... Are you going to make a joke about a certain gender not being able to keep a secret, I was, getting gossipy? Is that what you're going to do, Scott? I was just going to say, it was a mistake. He was giving them catalogs of Victoria's Secret. <laughs> oh, no. Jeez. Apparently, this person said, this is Major Jamie Lee Henry, uh, says that uh, they were apparently trying to give secret record, records to the Russian government, and the excuse was for patriotism for Russia. Oh, gosh. Okay. Wow. All right. Okay. Um, update on Hurricane Ian. Uh, the reports are now it will make landfall around the South Carolina coast tomorrow as a Category 1, mm. which is certainly better than 4. We're yeah. all hoping that it was just going to be done, but that's not what they were predicting. A lot of so, rain, I guess, in this time, not as much destruction. Yeah. So that's the update there. And if you were with us a little while ago, we were talking about Whoopi Goldberg, and it's not something that she said on The View. It was on a podcast with Chris Cuomo wow. talking about the new movie Till 
about Emmett Till, and she was talking about how whites don't listen to blacks in some ways the same as the 50s, but then contradicted herself by saying, yes, everyone was outraged with George Floyd, but then went on to say that there are a lot of innocent people, innocent black people that die. Uh, and I assume she was talking about by the hand of the police. Mm-hmm. Um, and people have seen it. Well, it's hard to get inside of what exactly, it's hard to follow this thing. Okay. So she's this, all over the road. And if you don't, if you look at this as more of a fun challenge, than anything else to try to figure out yeah. what she's really getting at in the last 30 seconds or so of what she's saying. Um, let me know because I haven't been able to figure it out, but roll it. You can pretend to be in the dark and that's just the way it's going to be. You're going to be in the dark, but know that if you're alive in this country, you, you know exactly what this movie is about. Chances are you may have said something that slipped out of your mouth because it didn't occur to you it might not have been the right thing to say. People say stuff, stuff slips out all the time. But only when you say, you know what, I'm, I just heard myself, I shouldn't have done that. What? That's when, that's when you got growth. It's when you go, I don't know what you're talking about. That you remain, that, that you're, you're, an, you're just an egg. You're not hard-boiled, you're not soft-boiled, you're just there. Okay, David, I'll go to you first. Help. I... I don't... Yeah. Are we eggs now? Maybe. There is but only one race. hard-boiled. The egg race. I... Is, is she... Scott? I am not the egg man. I'm the walrus. Is there... Is there... Is there a problem with police officers shooting eggs? I have no, I don't or, know what that meant. I don't know what that meant. Okay, I don't. I, I've heard it twice now. I still don't know. I. It's a strange I, analogy. I, 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 dude, I don't know. I'm at a loss for words, and it is kind of interesting her talking about, you know, people saying things that are insensitive or whatever. I mean, this is the woman who insisted that the Holocaust <laughs> had nothing to do about race. Exactly. Because it was quote her words, not mine. It was white people killing white people. I don't know. It just seems like that analogy. And kept her job. Yeah, kept her job. Uh, it just seems like that analogy, like her brain, is a little, well, scrambled. Yeah! <laughs> well played, man. Okay, Robbins, you ready for your top three stories uh, of the nope, day? No poached jokes here. No. <laughs> okay. None whatsoever. Are you ready? One, two, three. at you all. It's the three most important news stories of the day. I hit the trifecta. Well, at least according to Scott Robbins. It's the trifecta on the Markley Van Camp and Robbins Show. Every day at this time, Scott Robbins' top three stories of trifecta and always helped by his old friend and hero. I'm Casey Kasem. Yes. And he's ready. I'm ready. Okay. Three. Number three, wouldn't you know it, Dr. Anthony Fauci's net worth has increased during the pandemic. <laughs> Isn't really? that something? Everybody's struggling. Businesses are closing. People are losing their livelihoods. His net income went up $5 million. What? How did that happen? <laughs> the Fauci's saw their net worth expand from $7.5 million in 2019 to $12.6 million at the end of 2021. Mm. While Dr. Fauci has been a government bureaucrat for 55 years, his household net worth skyrocketed during the (laughs) pandemic. This is amazing. 
Fauci's net worth was based on career and salary, lucrative cash prize awarded by nonprofits around the world, and an even larger investment portfolio. Despite becoming a figure of controversy, the system has rewarded Dr. Fauci handsomely. For example, he is the highest paid federal employee. His first year golden parachute after he retires is larger than anyone else in federal history. He is accepting $1 million prize from foreign nonprofits as well. Yeah. No, I mean, it's... yeah, there's nothing to see here. Tireless. Totally. Don't question him. You're questioning science. Well, yeah, I mean, it, it, you would expect that if somebody were literally the science, then they would be compensated accordingly for that. Because when he leaves the government, science is over. There is no such thing as science anymore. No, because it's him. Unless is this unless this is something like is it is is being the embodiment of the science kind of like the pope? Like when one steps down, when that you know, there's a group of government bureaucrats who get together and they have a conference about who's going to be the next science. <laughs> Send out the little smoke signals or whatever. <laughs> like when uh, they pick the pope. Yes, exactly. Yes, right. Yeah, we have new science. Yeah, not a not a science guy. Science <laughs> itself will come here. And they said this, his portfolio was was insane. Well, now, we don't know what's in his portfolio, because he doesn't have to divulge that. At some point, <coughs> Merc, I hope it happens. <clears throat> yes. We're what? getting closer and closer to number one. Scott Robbins, trifecta, the top three stories of the day from Scott. Two. Uh, number two, the, uh, hmm, the official cause of Queen Elizabeth's death has been released, you say. I am shocked. A 96-year-old woman, you know what? You know what killed her? Huh. Old age. Really? That's the cause of death, old age. That was one of the boxes you could check. The other one was Meghan Markle. That one was not checked. (laughs) Now, on with the countdown. Been sitting on that all day. (laughs) See, sometimes you hit a home run with these jokes during this segment. Sometimes, and maybe not, but that was good. I know. I like that. Okay. One. Oh, yes. It's the Scott Robbins Uh trifecta. Number one, what is it? Uh, Former NBA player and uh, shoplifter. Knucklehead. Uh, yeah. Uh, Rex Chapman tried to go after Trump, and, well, it, it went wrong, apparently. Uh, he did. Uh, Rex Chapman noted uh, mouthpiece for the far, far left, uh, because people care, I guess, whatever he has to say. Rex tweeted out, there's a Category 4 hurricane slamming Florida right now. Where is he? The former president is personally asking for money. People are losing everything. Forget that for a second. Imagine Obama, Clinton, Reagan, Carter, or either Bush doing this. What a disgrace. While he was tweeting that out, yeah. President Pudding Pop was at a fundraiser. <laughs> Is that what you're calling by these days? President Pudding Pop? <laughs> well, you know, he enjoys a good cup, I heard. <laughs> I honestly hadn't heard that. I just learned something new from the trifecta. Well, he was out there doing that, too. Okay. Joe was literally at a fundraiser when Rex was tweeting about Trump being at a fundraiser and not caring about the people of Florida. That's and there fantastic. You and there you Good have timing, it. idiot. And that is yes. the trifecta. Uh, real quick, I saw something survey-wise. Um, the average American spends 10 years of their life on autopilot. 
What wow. do you take that to mean? Well, I think autopilot. that's low. I know a lot of people who've been on autopilot for decades. Okay, when you hear autopilot, what does that mean to you? Coasting, phoning it in. Okay. Emotionally uh, detached. So from everything. Or is it just at a job? Uh, I, th- I think a lot of it, well, some could be a job. I mean, a lot of people with a job, I think. What do you think it means, David? I, I just think it's it's sort of, you know, getting on the bus of life. You know, you're just kind of, you're you're doing what needs to get done, but not necessarily reaching for the stars. Not worrying about doing it with excellence. Yeah, it's not, not necessarily. Just a, coasting in a way. Yeah, like not necessarily said. a yeah. bad thing, just kind of. You're just sort of going day by day by day, and the years pile up. Well, the average American, then, according to that, and that's, you know, they say routines, rituals, you know, ruts, you know, much like you're saying. Um, It's 1,400 hours each year, 27 Mm. hours a week. Wow. 64% of adults say their daily routine hardly ever changes. And I'm thinking about different people I know. And along with what we do, I, mean, I would say there, there's part of that, the routine is the same, mm-hmm. but it's so different every day mm-hmm. that it, I would never call it a rut because it, it seems to get crazier mm-hmm. as we, <laughs> as well, we go forward. Yeah. Um, so then the majority of people who are, quote, stuck in a rut say that it's holding them back, but they admit they procrastinate on doing new things. And so you have people saying, well, I'd like to, you know, learn a new skill or craft, or I'd like to travel more or start a new career or learn an instrument or reignite a friendship. They just don't do it. Well, they just start doing it. Well, yeah. Yeah. It starts with one step, right? Yeah. And yeah, you could do it. But 10 years of your life. Hmm. Just, yeah, just kind of doing it. I mean, I realize we all got to do things we don't want to do. Can't get it back. Uh Uh-oh, now you're getting philosophical. Well, you can. That's true. It is. All right, we got to get to a news update. And Nimrod's in the news. Straight ahead, right here. Markley Van Camp and Robin Show. Jamie Markley, David Van Camp, Scott Robbins. News update, David Van Camp. Dude, it, Biden did it again. He was, at, uh, he was with FEMA and DHS officials, Mayorkas and the FEMA administrator today, talking about the hurricane in Florida. And then he just kind of wandered off. Oh, boy. And uh, you can hear, actually, uh, the head of FEMA and Mayorkas in the background saying, Mr. President, Mr. Mayorkas actually literally does a double take. Like, wait, where is he going? He's actually supposed to <laughs> ex- exit stage stage left. Stage left. He's going right. Dude, he's losing it. L- l- listen to this, man. Okay, thank okay. you. Thank you. You can hear them say, Mr. President, Mr. President, and he just wanders away. Oh, man. Oh, that's something. They're going to have to put one of those things around his his ankle. Dude, put a cowbell on him or something. So the alarm goes off when he leaves the wrong, goes the wrong way. <laughs> and this is, this is brutal. And what was the story you just had? 
Something oh, this else? is out of Pennsylvania. Um, there was some, you know, the, I guess, and, and again, I don't follow this stuff real closely, but the headline is some Pennsylvania teachers promised to defy district requests that they use student birth names and biological pronouns. They're simply not going to do it. Well, then you can get fired. I physically felt sick, one of the teachers said. It's heart-wrenching. It's just cruel. I've been here for 16 years. There are very few hills the teachers are going to die on. But in this case, most of the people I talk to, I'm willing to go on the line of fire. If I have to sit in a meeting with an angry parent, I'm going to do it. They're not your kids. By the way, M&M's has added a new purple M&M character to the ad campaign. Mm Mm-hmm. But there's not any new purple M&M's in the bag. What does the purple M&M color do? Is that some... What is that for? It represents acceptance and inclusivity. No, it doesn't. Yes, it does. Oh, come on, man. And and I I, I don't know this for a fact, but I've heard rumors that it actually identifies as a Skittle. (laughs) Very good. Good one. Where's the who? Where's (laughs) Daltrey? I'm waiting for him right right now. Yes. When the going gets tough. Damn it, this is too hard. The dumb get dumber. All right, Dan. It's Nimrod's in the news (laughs) on the Martley, Van Camp, and Robbins show. I love the poorly educated. All right. Nimrod's the news. Okay. This is in Michigan. Friendly officer. Gave this drunk dude a ride home from an Oktoberfest event. It's like, hey, you're hammered, you shouldn't be driving, give you a ride home. But the guy didn't, didn't stay home. 90 minutes later, arrested for allegedly driving while drunk. Okay. Dude, you got the ride home. Yeah, I'm fine, I go back out. So it was a different cop that saw a vehicle moving slowly, and they pulled the driver over when the vehicle attempted to turn, but drove up on a curb. Plus, you can just see his forehead was probably against the windshield. Uh, Trying to look ahead. They conducted the field sobriety test and a breathalyzer and then arrested him for DUI. Not surprisingly. And no purple M&Ms found. And that is Nimrods in the News.